Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Please check out PHI Apparel. Um, ever since we got affiliated with PHI Apparel, for some odd reason, the Phillies are just doing their thing. I guess we support them, and the Phillies keep doing their doggone thing. Just things that make you go, hmm, I'm Sports City, I'm still at the edge of my seat on uh, the past week that happened, but I'm I'm stealing from the show. I'm in my own pot, tasting the heck of a sauce that I put together. I have my co-host with me calling in out of the Midwest region, whether it's down in the bayou or somewhere in the cornfields. We've got Mr. Harvey, a.k.a. Michael, in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Man, I'm blessed as always, and one of the blessings uh, in my life is being able to sit down and do this with you every uh, Sunday morning, man. So thanks for having me. How are you doing? That boy is sweeter than King's cake. He probably don't know what King's cake is, but I get it. You know, but thank you, thank you for the, thank you. Why are you laughing? I'm, I'm trying to do an intro. Look, look, thank you for the shout out. I love it, man. Um, shout out to everybody in the Harvey family. My nephew Sam shout me out. I got to shout him out. I got to give Sam a shout out. That's for sure. 
Um, this would be nice right now. <laughs> it's going to get ugly in a few minutes, that's for sure. I'm about to get real disgusting. Um, no, not not bad disgusting. I'm just being funny. All right, I got to try and keep my cool somehow. I'm up here rubbing my forehead, like doing the woo-saw from Bad Boys. If y'all ain't never seen Bad Boys, just remember woo-saw because I need it right now. Okay, so first and foremost, I'm going to get right to it. Uh, Major League Baseball, because this is like the hors d'oeuvres, even though we are in the fall classic, this is what everybody lives for from the end of March coming into now, October going into no early November and seeing who's going to be crowned champ in the Diamond Talk. Um, the divisional series went crazy. Um, a lot of unexpected losses, so on and so forth. My boys took it on their chin. Um, hearing so many things about the Twins, and I try my best not to talk about my boys, but hearing a lot of the pieces that may not come back, I am so frustrated on the potential of the team with the pieces that they had and watching them have to disappear. is like, no, I'm tired of the Twins being good and working on being better and their pieces go somewhere else and they go help the freaking league out. It's like, why? So the Twins lost to the Astros in a series 3-1. They couldn't hold down home at all. They literally got back to Minneapolis and lost that thing. Uh, the Dodgers got swept by the Diamondbacks. Incredible. I, I, I tip my hat to Arizona. I, tip my, I thought the Diamondbacks were done, especially in the later part of the season. The Diamondbacks actually played the Twins. And the Twins got rid of them easy. I was like, the Diamondbacks were in the hunt. I didn't think that they were going to be strong enough to get to the postseason. Well, they went on a massive run after that. And now these guys are close to being crowned. They get past the Dodgers easy. There's questions for me in the middle of Los Angeles. Um, in the the biggest series of them all to me, the Phillies take care of business up against the Braves. Shocked me. Shocked me. I... <laughs> This is why I'm I'm pissed, and and I don't even like to do things personally, but I got to do it like this, Sports City. I've been around Mike for about two to three years now, two to three years, and the Braves were so hot when I met Mike. The Braves won the World Series that year, and um, the Braves were doing so good, and the Twins started achieving goals that they weren't. I wanted to play Mike again for the re re repeat or re. I don't I don't need a rematch, so I could just say. The revenge or the, the, the part two of 1991 Braves twins. Just because that's my brother, we go at it. I yell at him, he yell at me, show me love. I show him love all day long. That's a real brotherly love thing. I wanted to see it happen. The twins fell apart up against a stronger offense in front of the Astros. But knowing that, I thought that, that Braves would carry the torch and really get started and go crazy and get to the World Series. I didn't think anybody was going to stop that locomotive. And the Phillies are so strong at this point in time with big names. Like, the, the wild part about the Phillies is they've got names there that people are overlooking, and they're strong enough to beat teams. And for them to put it together at the right time for the second year in a row to potentially be at the birth of another World Series, they got something special going on in Philadelphia. So shout out to PHI Power with us. I guess we, we, we're a little steroid, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, but the anyway, the Phillies take care of business up against the Braves, and that's another thing. And uh, the American League has one more with the Rangers uh, taking care of business up against the Orioles. And I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't believe the Orioles would be strong enough to uh, 
get to the World Series. They had a great season. They put a whole bunch of wins together, but they just it just was something at the end of the season. They started to fall apart like they their motor wasn't there. To me, it wasn't, and they started suffering injuries too. I didn't feel like Baltimore would do it, but they they had a very impressive season. I don't want to take anything away from them. Please don't make what I'm saying sound like it's bad in Baltimore. I feel like they got something to build off of. Hopefully they could do their thing because I don't want to see the Yankees back at the top of the uh, AL East. Hopefully the Orioles and the Rays can stay atop. I know the Yankees are coming. I know with Otani leaving the Angels, I know Cashman, if he's still there, they are going to dump all of New York City in the lap of Otani. I know they – please don't let them get this dude. <laughs> this is personal, <laughs> but I feel like it could freaking happen. Um Mike, let's get into it. I do got Brian in the building. Hold on. Breaking news, Hughes. Welcome to the brunch. Good morning. Before I throw this around, I just want to introduce you and get you in your house. How are you feeling this morning? Feeling good, Ty. I uh, I heard the introduction. I heard uh, heard the baseball talk. Um, yeah, man, a lot of a lot of upsets. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I guess I guess you could say the hungrier team won. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 ready to get into it with you guys. Okay, so let me let me throw it to Mike. I'm gonna come back to you see if you got anything to say about how the the championship series are going. So Mike, your thoughts on the the way that all four of those uh, divisional series went, and how the out you know the outlook for these four teams moving forward. Who do you feel like is the you know the the favorite, shall I say, to go toward it. The Rangers are hot right now that people ain't seeing it. I really feel like we might collision course Rangers-Phillies. I feel like it could potentially happen. Don't let me tip the scale. Let these people know what's on your mind. Yeah, so, I mean, first things first. I mean, at the end of the day, every team's goal is to be good enough in the in the 162 regular season games to get to the postseason in October and give your team a chance. Atlanta's won that division six times. Minnesota, uh, you know, won their division this year. Baltimore, big come up. I thought they were a year away, and they were not, you know, made the playoffs. Uh, you know, and the Dodgers have been, you know, in the playoffs for the last decade plus. So, I mean, at the end of the day, these teams are giving, you know, the, the front offices and people are giving these teams a chance. To at least be there in October, there are a lot of other teams that would have uh, at least liked to have had a seat at that table. But now that being said, I, I don't think you know they didn't make the most of their opportunities. I'll start out in out west. Uh, you know, I, I, I talked about the Dodgers pitching and who was going to pitch behind Kershaw. They got nothing out of their starters, and so we could point to pitching, but you can also point to. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman going a combined one for 21 with the only hit being an infield hit off the bat of Freddie Freeman. An infield hit. Uh, so, uh, at the end of the day, the bats did not did not produce in that series. And when you're going to have pitching struggles, you got to find a way to get it done uh, on the mound, and the Diamondbacks are able to, to sweep them away, right? And then um, looking at Baltimore, their pitching did finally tell off on them. Uh, you know, Texas came in swinging a hot bat. Texas is one of those teams, we, you know, we talked about it. They were first place for so long, and then they kind of fell off. Uh, and they even lost three out of four to Seattle when they could have won the division uh, at the end of the year. But 
uh, you know, Bruce Bochy is a very seasoned guy. He's, you know, led, he led the Giants to all those world championships. He's been, he, he's managed teams in October for a long time. And, you know, we talked about this with Chandler early in the season. I, I'm not surprised this team's in the postseason. I didn't really expect him to make the LCS, but I thought it was a good matchup against uh, Baltimore for them. Uh, but I feel like, you know, hope's still bright in Baltimore. There's a lot of youth on that team with more guys coming. Uh, Jackson Holiday, Matt Holiday's kids, the number one ranked prospect in baseball. He's on the way. They got more reinforcements on the way. Um, if Baltimore can fortify their pitching staff a little bit more, uh, this is a team that is going to be heard from for a while. Uh, and then now, you know, Minnesota, they were competitive in all those games. It just uh, it was a very, very competitive series. None of these went to five games, like I said. I would have liked to have seen uh, an elimination game somewhere in the playoffs, but we haven't gotten one yet. Minnesota competitive in the whole series, but they uh, – other than Royce Lewis and Carlos Grant and Edward Julian had a decent series too, but, you know, they, they just – yeah, didn't get a few timely hits when they needed them, and and Houston did. I mean, you know, one of the stories to me coming out of Houston is not only uh, Jordan Alvarez, uh, but Jose Abreu, who really struggled in the regular season. But, boy, he stepped up come playoff time. So, you know, that regular season is, is uh, easily forgiven uh, when you look at what he was able to do in the postseason. And then, you know, Philly, Atlanta, man, like, Told you guys a while back, you know, me and you and Chandler talked on the gumbo one Thursday night, and both of you said you, you know, had a really, were pretty confident it was going to be a Braves-Dodgers uh, LCS, and I said the Phillies are the one team that really, really does concern me. Uh, you know, they, they beat the Braves last year, and this is a better Phillies team. They fortified that bullpen, uh, and, you know, you add Trey Turner to that lineup, who, though he struggled early, like come August, he really turned it around. He went four for four in game four. Uh, but, you know, I can give you stats on it. And that the Phillies out home with the Braves 11 to three. Nick Castellanos hit more home runs by himself uh, than the Braves did in the entire series. You know, we can look at all that. Uh, we can talk about pitching woes, but at the end of the day, three of the four games were competitive. Uh, they just didn't pull it out. I mean, you look at game four even. Uh, the Braves had the bases loaded with two outs and Acuna at the plate. He put a good swing on the ball. He hit a ball in the gap. Uh, Rojas, a young center fielder, uh, runs it down and makes a good catch at the wall, robs him of extra base hits, which probably ties the game. And then, uh, you know, in the ninth inning, the Braves had first and third, nobody out. And Kevin Pilar swung at a bad ball and uh, – uh, a little pop-up out, and then Rosario first pitch swing and strike uh, pops out, and then Vaughn Grissom comes up. Uh, you got a basically a rookie, and he checked swing and you know got called out on the third strike. So you had they the Braves had opportunities to force the game five. Uh, they were unable to take advantage. You, and you talked about it. I mean, this team was a freight train offense. I mean the. The number of home runs they put up, tying the 2019 Twins for the most home runs ever. One of only three teams in Major League history to hit more than 300 homers in a season. Uh, but it, it, they went cold. Uh, 
in the off season, like I said, we can talk. I mean, in the postseason, we can talk about the pitching woes all we wanted to. But Spencer Strider gave him a chance to win in the two of the three games he started. They, they, the only game they were not competitive in was the game three that they lost ten to two in Philly, uh, and that one just kind of got away from them. But uh, you know that. They competed in the series, but they just weren't able to get it done. I mean, so there's some questions to be answered. Uh, in Atlanta, a lot of those guys will be back because they locked them up long term, which is which is good for that future. This is a team that, I mean, the sky's not falling. It's it's, it's sad. It sucks. Uh, but you won six division titles. You got a lot of talent coming back. And you had a remarkable offensive year with a lot of pieces coming back. So, I mean, you know, you, you re-rack them and try again next year. Uh, but it, it sucks to see it come down this way. I think the Philadelphia Phillies definitely have the edge over the Diamondbacks, but count them out at your own peril, right? Like, I, they both have two good front-line starters uh, with the Phillies, Wheeler and Nola, uh, with the Diamondbacks, Kelly and Zach Gallen. Uh, I, I like the Phillies' depth in their starting rotation a little more, and I like their bullpen a little bit better. Uh, the Diamondbacks are going to put a lot of pressure on you in the base pass, and Corbin Carroll is a superstar. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be a good player for a long, long time. He's a star now, but he he has all the potential of being a, a superstar in the making. Uh, but I, I expect this to be a competitive series. But you know, the, the Phillies have that home field advantage, and I think that makes a difference. I mean, minimum of thirty games, the Phillies have the best postseason home record. Uh, of anybody in baseball and then looking at the American League man Astros Rangers Astros got the better of them in the regular season uh, because I mean it, it was close but that's how that, that's why they won the division because they both finished with the same record I you know you, I can make an argument for either one of these teams in this series I I'm going to take the Astros because they are going to host, but I expect this to be a competitive and very entertaining series. So uh, I'm going to say we're going to get a rematch of Phillies Astros in the world series. And I'm going to say that uh, the Phillies get it done this year. However, I want to see the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. So the fan in me wants to see an Arizona Texas world series. Well, you went a little too far in that plate, but hey, that's fine. If you want to throw out your your World Series winner, then fine. I do like it. The one thing that I'm hoping for, because now I, I guess I fell into the lap of uh, people not liking the Astros, and I'm bitter because we just lost to them. I'm not bitter like, oh, they were cheating, and all that happened. It happened. At the end of the day, like, they got past it. They won their World Series. There's nothing you could do. You could boo them all you want. It doesn't change. The outcome, it doesn't change how these guys are still dangerous on a baseball diamond at the end of the day. Um, the one thing that I am wondering, especially now that I thought about it before the show started, is the Battle of Texas right now. I'm hoping the Ranger fans can travel because, you know, that's a big market down there in Texas, definitely in the Arlington or Dallas area. Hopefully they can travel and get to Houston and help support them in Houston to keep it, you know, kind of balanced as best as possible because the Astros in the middle of Minute Maid Park is something different. They're going to need the Rangers in there to get the, uh, the uh, you know, they're going to need the Ranger fans to at least try to get to them there. I feel like they can steal a game there, but will they? I, I feel the Astros are a little too strong 
in that park. It's something that's in that uh that air. It's, it's the fans and the Space City and everybody, the freakish fans that they have. I feel like that support for the Astros builds them up. And um, I, I think Dusty's one heck of a manager at the end of the day. I think this is going to be an uphill battle for Texas, but Texas has been taking everybody out ever since they fell heavily in August. Uh, they fell in August, and they got so strong uh, in the month of September coming into October. I feel like this could be anybody's series at this point in time, but it definitely favors the Astros because they actually got Brantley back, and Brantley was the one that was damaging the Twins along with Alvarez. They got at least two big bats sitting in the middle of the uh, the lineup. So, But they, one of my favorite players from the Twins, here we, here we go, that farm, I'm telling you, one of my favorite players from the Twins from the season that Mike was talking about, the 307 home runs, is on the Rangers, and Mitch Garver, the catcher. And Mitch can get to that plate and make damage happen. Um, so I've, I've been watching Mitch, and, and it's a class act. He don't talk no crap, but he come and do his thing. It'll be interesting to see if we do see the repeat, like Mike said, between the Phillies and the Astros. I feel like the potential is there. The way that the Phillies are playing now, I feel like this is all, you know, for them to lose instead of them to, like, uh, play up to the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, their speed is what's keeping these guys in it, and people are, like, sleeping on what they bring to the plate. Uh, these guys get on the bases. It's, it's tough because these guys are taking second and uh, being in scoring position and definitely could threaten to put runs on the board. The Diamondbacks are doing this well, and um, I think this is what makes it – for a very interesting series between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. I favor the Phillies because one person that I watched ever since he came out of Nevada, I wanted to see him do it. And it's been injury after injury, fighting media after media or fan or, or teammate, whatever it had. But Bryce Harper, I wanted to see him do well ever since he came out of that area and was hitting balls with metal bats, and everybody's like, there's no way he could play with a metal bat because he's in 500-foot home runs, you know, in practice. And I'm like, wow. And now his superstardom has come to him. It, it was always what he can do, what he can do. Now that he's been effective at the plate, especially showing them up uh, in that home run that he hit and was looking at everybody when he was running around the base pass, when they tried try to call him out, this this is what baseball is, what needs. You need a – a cool villain, you know, not not like the villain, like everybody like, oh, I, don't, I can't stand him. A lot of people don't like Bryce Harper. A lot of people don't like him. But he has so many good players around him that people like, like Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber. These guys are dynamic in the middle of that situation while these guys are making hits and Trey Turner's hitting bombs and definitely playing up to the contract that they gave him. The Phillies are definitely a threat to get back if Mike is right. I feel like it can be the Phillies Astros. I don't know who wins that series if it does come down to it. Like the movie next Friday, the rematch, fool, the rematch. I would love to see it, but I don't want to take anything away from the Rangers, and I definitely don't want to take away the heart of an underdog in the Diamondbacks because I still remember 2001, those Diamondbacks saved me. I did not want to see the Yankees win the World Series. I was sitting in the middle of a bar watching that World Series Game 7 and Luis Gonzalez with the hit up the middle and beat the Yankees. And the, the Diamondbacks took care of business and, and uh, won the World Series. So I definitely don't overlook what the Diamondbacks could do. They've been here before. It's nowhere near the same organization. I mean, it's the same organization, but, like, they're not the same skipper. No, none of the players. That's two decades ago. 
But um, I, I guess they get the build off of this at the end of the day. So we will see. I definitely have my eyes peeled toward this, but I am still a little frustrated for City just because, you know, you see this team do so much work to get there. And, and this is me talking about Minnesota. And um, at the end of the game, watching Royce Lewis do an interview, and he even knew that there's going to be some players leaving. And he was like, I don't want to lose this group. He's like, this group is great, especially for me to get my first real season in the, the MLB. And I'm um, going to have to probably attack with some of these players going. And some of the names that they, they said they may not come back, the one that bothers me the most is Michael Taylor. Michael Taylor is a gold glove center fielder. They're going to end up possibly moving him because he was in his final year because the Twins got him this year and his final year. And um, they're saying that he might ask for a lot because of the season that he had and the Twins might not run it back. And then here goes the icing on the cake. They might not run it back, but they're going to bring Buxton back to play the field. This dude is injury prone. He's injury prone. And as much as I love Buxton, it's like, He's striking out like crazy now. His confidence is rattled. It's, I'd rather keep him at the DH like the other players, like the one that I do like a lot, but his presence at the plate isn't the same anymore. Joey Gallo may go. Well, they're saying that he's gone. Um, Jose Miranda's gone as well. Um, those are just some of the names that I remember reading about that they said would be leaving the Twins, and I'm like, oh, man, just hearing these names that they're good for us, and they may end up going somewhere and be bomb threats elsewhere. It's tough. And I know Gallo, Gallo's been going through so much with the Twins. Just, and I feel like it's in his own head. It's nothing that the Twins did. It, it's, it's literally, I, I feel like it's confidence or something or, or just something at the plate. Because if he catches one, he's he's a 400-foot hitter, no doubt. But for him to have a 50% rate of striking out, that that's that's tough for them to dump a lot of money into him. And uh, for them to lose Michael Taylor, too, and try to bring Buxton back to play the field, and uh, everybody's like, he's a gold glover, too, which, you know, that's a that's a good problem to have, two center fielders that are gold glovers, and they could both hit. But Buxton started his hitting decline this season, especially with the injury, and he was out from August 1st until game four, which was the deciding game in the postseason, and he hits a pop-up to first base. That was it. Like, I, I got my questions for, uh, you know, Rocco and, the people upstairs or on what they're going to do moving forward, especially with the names. And please do not move Max a million Kepler. Kepler, please, please don't move him. Cause Kepler got hot, but he fell apart in the postseason, And I'm like, that may end up getting it done. We'll see. I, I could talk about those dudes all day. Sports city. Um, I'm being rude because I didn't do the proper introduction. So please forgive me. Um, there's a game taking place over overseas in London. The uh, the Ravens are up 18 to three on the Titans, and that in <laughs> I don't. It's a now you see me, now you don't situation with the Titans. They're strong at one point. They get battered at one point. Uh, <laughs> if you've been around me, you've been around Sports City. I am nowhere near a Tannehill fan, and um, I feel like the Ravens are going to escape this. But please stay tuned to what we have going on. I definitely think that uh. You know, we'll keep a close eye on this toward the end of the uh, the show. Okay, Brian, you're back in the building. Um, do you have anything to add to what baseball, or I'll move away from it? Yeah, you know, I was just going to say um, we got we got two real good championship series. Um, obviously, Astros-Rangers know each other um, 
extremely well. Um, I think I'm going to say we're probably a year, maybe two early for the Rangers. I, I, I feel a little bit, you know, as, as you know, my favorite team plays in this division. So I've got a better pulse on this division maybe than most. So a little bit like this is kind of, uh, <clears throat> this is kind of like when you uh, used to play tackle football in the front yard with your bigger brother. Um, I think it's just a tall task. Uh, Rangers have been an <clears throat> awesome story all year long, but as you guys have mentioned on this show and has been mentioned other places, the Astros just continue to be successful year after year, continue to reap the championship series year after year. And I think they're going to be a tough team to beat right now. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, I'm, I'm going full 100% in on, you know, what team, the hottest team, and I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks have only played one home game so far in the playoffs, and that's because they're taking care of business on the road. They have, yes, they they have. have shown against they have shown against the Dodgers that they are able to score early and often. They have showed showed against Milwaukee that they're able to come back when another team scores first. As as we've talked about on this show, they have incredible pitching, and they've been getting timely hitting. And I don't know, like. It's just one of those things, you know how it is. When teams get hot at the right time, um, you know, sometimes you see a team of destiny, and that's just kind of kind of the, the, the vibe I'm getting right now from, um, from the Diamondbacks. Now, obviously, Diamondbacks, don't say anything disrespectful to uh, Bryce Harper. Just let him go back into a slumber. Don't wear no T-shirts. Don't, uh, you know, don't do anything like that. But right now I like the D-backs, and I like the Astros. Very interesting. Well, I'll be. These, these two are cooking this morning between Brian and Mike. Okay, Fort City. Now, I'm going to warn you all, it can get ugly in this kitchen. So, please, if you have children, remove. No, I'm not going to do that. I won't get disgusting like that. But I'm mad, Fort City. I am furious right now. I feel some type of way. I feel like I cried or something. But I'm going to get into the top 25 in the scores, and I got to tip my hat that somebody's in the building right now. So, first and foremost, I will start from the top. The Oh, and this starting from the top is incredible. Georgia takes on Vanderbilt in Tennessee. They win the match at 37-20. to 20. In this game, I'm not going to lie, sports I'm going to tell the truth. My favorite tight end in college, Brock Bowers, got injured, and it didn't look good. And they're going to give an MRI. I'm hoping it's a sprain. But the way that they're acting, this could be worse, the way that they're playing it. I do not want to see this kid go. As much as I would love to see my team beat Georgia, every time he runs a route and catches a pass, I feel like he could get to the house. He runs like a, a receiver. He runs strong like a fullback or, or some mountain man, and he's he sleek like a receiver. Like He's one of the best-built tight ends for the game. He, I hope it's a spring. I just hope it's a spring. I hope it's nothing bigger than that because I definitely feel like he's a first-round pick, and I don't want this to diminish what he's worked on this far in his college career. And personally, this is what, how I felt the year with, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Willis McGahee, when, when, when they played, when the Miami Hurricanes played Ohio State in the championship game and they tore his knee up in several different places, 
he was definitely going to be a top 10 pick. He fell down to the 22nd pick in the draft, even though he still was a first rounder. It's like his potential was that good that he still was first round and couldn't even perform because of how bad his knee was torn. I'm hoping this isn't the same situation uh, for Brock Bowers. But nevertheless, Georgia took care of business up against Vanderbilt 37-20. I am watching that close because I'm a big fan of his. I, I can't lie. Even though I don't, I don't, I can't stand the dogs uh, just, just because of competitive nature. I just don't want to see Georgia go crazy. But they, when he's on the field, it's hard to stop everything that they do. And their run game is lethal. All of their running backs that get back, they are doing well. Um, but nevertheless, 37-20. to 20. The next matchup is uh, Michigan. This is what bothers me. Michigan's schedule is so cupcake-ish. It's ridiculous. I, I, they're number two in the nation. They win 52-7 to seven up against Indiana. Please, please stop giving these guys Skittles on the way to November. You're giving these guys a bag of Skittles to taste the rainbow and chew everybody up. Like, enough is enough. But 52-7, Michigan wins. The next one is Ohio State goes into Indiana and takes care of the Boilermakers. Purdue loses this game 41-7. to Of course, Marvin Harrison, Jr., monster receiver. I think the top three receiver coming out of college. Um, Florida State crushes Syracuse 41-3. to Syracuse had a very good start to the season, and they just fell apart out of nowhere. Um, here goes another cupcake situation in the Big Ten. Committee, get it right. Or Big Ten, get it right. They got to play better teams than this. Penn State plays UMass. UMass has been suffering for the past five to ten years. I live out in this area, and I know UMass is not that good at football. Uh, 63 to nothing in the middle of a happy valley. Okay. Uh, Sports City, I have to tip my hat to breaking news Brian Hughes while he's here. Washington wins the thriller in Manila up against Oregon. 36 to 33 and a nail biter. This game went uh, heavy. Washington, Oregon gets back in the game. Uh, they start running a play for a receiver that uh, Washington couldn't stop. Penix threw a pick. This game was incredible. I'm talking about thrills and spills. I can literally probably look for this game again on YouTube and watch it again front to back. This game was a thriller. I'm not going to lie. This game was a thriller, but I tip my hat to Brian Hughes by stating he feels Penix is the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Um, this dude faced adversity and outshot Oregon. Oregon has been averaging well over 30-some-odd points a game, and um, Washington actually has a streak against Oregon and continue to keep this thing going, especially facing the adversity uh, going up against a strong Oregon team. Uh, and the one thing about Penix that bothers me, that bothers me, he don't scramble at all. He won't run. But he, he has a cannon. He'll sit in the pocket and take hits. He's making all type of dimes. And the drive that they had at the end of the game where they scored the touchdown to take the lead, he threw a pass in, in split double coverage. Odunze was in the middle of double coverage. He threw that pass and split them. I'm, I'm I'm sitting up there watching the game with my cousin. I'm like, no way he threw that. And he hit him on a numbers, on a jump ball. I was like, incredible pass. His, this kid is dynamic. I, I have not seen a, a strong left-handed quarterback in a while. I'm Connecticut biased. Steve Young is probably the last slugger I can really think of slugging it left-handed. Michael Penix, you're a monster. Brian, salute. Washington wins this game 36-33. This is, this is where it starts to get ugly, Sports City. Um, Notre Dame wins their game up against USC. USC is number 10 in the nation. 
Notre Dame wins this game 48 to 20. Okay, this is my problem. USC in the Pac-12 alone, I, I, I got to give, like, Washington and Oregon a credit because they do enough to, like, shoot. But defense has to get played. Like, it has to get played. Like, I, I don't – I don't get it. You guys are just on the field just getting burnt every week. USC has to go into a, a, it's a shootout no matter what USC do. Taylor Williams is one of the top three quarterbacks, top three players, Heisman watch regardless, in the nation, even though he played horrible yesterday. Taylor Williams did not have a good game. He was getting picked left and right yesterday. This I think that drops his stock heavily, Heisman talk-wise. But nevertheless, this, this is 50 points, 48 points. That's damn near 50 points. Disgusting. USC, this is disgusting for you guys to be a top 10 ranked team up against a team that they're trying to find a way in Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame is always a, a team that you got to figure out if they do enough, they're going to get you out of there. But for them to clobber y'all like that, that, that I, I got my question. Lincoln Riley is always something. It's always something, Lincoln Riley. I, I don't get it. That, this, that's bad. It's everybody scoring 40 against your defense. You don't even take that person. You just worried about Caleb trying to monster match the scoreboard at the end of the day. I I don't respect you at all. I don't respect you at all. You're able to put points on the board, but um, if you're going to keep watching Colorado put up 40, Notre Dame put up 50, like this, come on, that's, what are you teaching these guys? What 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 defensive player in USC goes to the league? Who? What game do? What footage do they show scouts? Like that? I, okay, let me keep on moving because I could pummel that situation. Notre Dame wins by four touchdowns up against USC. Incredible. Um. Alabama wins their nail biter up against Arkansas. Something about Alabama made this game tight. Twenty four to twenty one. Uh Milro has to get his credit. Milro is doing enough to get these guys over the edges and this is the experience he needs as he goes forward. Uh, I feel like next season they probably be even better. But right now Arkansas was trying to go on that shock treatment upset and Arkansas prevailed in this matchup in Tuscaloosa, twenty four to twenty one. Um this is this is where it <laughs> the laughing stops. Uh, North Carolina wins their matchup against Miami, 41 to 31, in which Miami had the lead in this game. Next thing you know, North Carolina took advantage of the lead and not only took advantage of the lead. Tez Walker monster mashed these corners. None, none of them could defend him at all. This is his first game. That I don't really want to know if it's like suspension, or I really do want to call it suspension because of what the NCAA was doing to him. This kid runs a 4-2-40, and they could not defend him at all. But another thing about this situation that has me kind of pissed off is it's the coaching, um, the staff. And, and not just crystal ball, but crystal ball is the main one, like, I'm pointing at. Like, like you are the main one that I, I don't want anymore. Like, I don't even want to watch you try to rebuild this, and this happens in two, three, four, five, six years. Like, no, no, I no. You could keep that loser mentality with you, all your billionaire friends in Miami that you have. I, I, I don't respect what you're doing. They had to leave. The defensive coordinator, Guidry, sat up here and got a flag while we could have turned the ball over. Well, we could have got the ball off of a punt. He picks up a flag after the third down stop, and it felt like the momentum shifted right there. North Carolina's offense just – picked it up and got better and stronger within the game. And uh, the, I, I feel like the coaching is losing this game. They, Miami has all the athletes on the field. And uh, as much as I support my state, as much as I want to see him do well, uh, Tyler Van Dyke has time. to get better at, at, the, at the end of the day. He's not 
playing as strong as he needs to. He's throwing the ball away left and right at the wrong time. Um, but he, he's making some brilliant passes sometimes, but in the midst of these games, with the start of the season, he had one pick leading up to the last game up against Georgia Tech. He threw three picks against Georgia Tech. Then he throws a handful of picks up against North Carolina. I don't know what it is now. It is literally something in his head, and I don't like the quarterbacks get that spooky look looking into the air like, what's going on? It's you. It's you. Like, talk to your offensive coordinator. Look at what you're doing wrong. Dissect the, what the problem is to get it done. But I feel like he's trying to, you know, outarm everything, and, and it's not working. Uh, that, that coaching has its issues in the middle of South Beach. The, and I, I said the score, North Carolina wins this one 41-31. Uh, the next one was a surprise to me. Pittsburgh take care of business in Pennsylvania, winning this matchup 38-21 to in the middle of Pittsburgh. Um, hold on, Sports City. 38-21, to uh, Pittsburgh wins this one. Very interesting up against uh, Louisville. Louisville being 14 ranked, I think they'll fall, especially the way they started the season. This is incredible that, you know, teams have those good starts and they get knocked off by unexpected upset somewhere in the midst of the season. We will see how they proceed. Um, Oregon State wins their matchup up against UCLA 36-24. The Beavers stopped the Bruins in a top 18 matchup, both of these teams. UCLA will end up falling. Oregon State is on a surprise season this year. Uh, Utah wins their matchup up against Cal, uh, 34-14. Definitely didn't shock me. Uh, Cal has had their downs. I don't even want to say ups and downs. They've had their downs. Utah are trying to stay afloat from all of what they've done this season and still strong enough to uh, maintain their presence out west, that's for sure. Duke wins their matchup up against the Wolfpack 24-3, basically shutting the Wolfpack down in the middle of uh, Raleigh, uh, Raleigh-Durham, shall I say, uh, up against the Wolfpack. Wolfpack doesn't look like they stayed a chance in this game. Riley Leonard is definitely – a quarterback to watch. Tennessee wins their matchup against Texas A&M 20-13, in which Texas A&M had a lead early. They couldn't get more than that 13 points, and uh, Tennessee had to score two two touchdowns to unanswer the situation uh, in this SEC matchup. This is the shocker of the day, because I don't see these guys playing strong at all. Arizona goes into Wazoo, y'all. They go into Washington State and win this game 44-6. to Washington State is ranked. <laughs> Arizona has not been ranked in years, and they've been getting clobbered, packed up, whether it's Arizona or Arizona State. They damn near put up 50 up against a ranked Washington State team. The questions are there for Washington State. I think this is another team that falls out of the top 25. Join Miami. Hold hands with Miami because everybody's falling out of the top 25 after the way they perform. Uh, Mr. Harvey's LSU Tigers finally put it together up against the Auburn Tigers, 48-18, to winning this by 30 in the middle of Baton Rouge. LSU defense finally put it together. I think because it's the Battle of the Tigers, they finally showed up. Can they be consistent enough to get this done across the board? Kansas went loses. Excuse me, I said that wrong. I apologize. Another team that should potentially fall out of the uh, – Top 25, Oklahoma State wins this match of 39-32, in which Kansas had the lead in the early part of this game. Oklahoma State survives and gets the lead back and wins this game 39-32. Oklahoma State better get ranked because they're pulling off wins, and they're a strong team at that, too, in the middle of the Big 12. Even though y'all know me, I'm not a big Big 12 fan, but um, I do see what Oklahoma State has been doing. This is another interesting win for them. Kansas has been doing as much as they could to be 
at this point, but uh, it's tough that they lose back-to-back like that, uh, 39-32. And last but not least, Mizzou Tigers pull off the upset in the middle of Lexington, beating the Kentucky Wildcats 38-21. to uh, Missouri may end up getting back into the top 25, pulling off this win uh, on the road, nevertheless, up against Kentucky in a SEC matchup. Okay, I will come to you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on the scores, at least from the top 25. I'll get Brian involved, and we'll get into week six. All right, well, yeah, a couple things, and and one outside the top 25, if you don't mind, TP. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Stanford, who lost to Sacramento State earlier in the year, came back from 29 nothing down and beat Colorado at 1.20 in the morning on uh, – on Friday, on Friday night, um, and wins that game, and uh, I think it was double over time, forty-six, forty-three. Uh, so that was interesting as well. Starting out in the Pac-12, though, Washington State, I think, is the I think Oregon State has one loss, and it was to Washington State, and that's inexplicable to get beat like that uh, by Arizona. Uh, I think the Pac-12, like the other conferences, went away from the divisions. So I believe there's a good chance if they did go away from the divisions, like I think, that we could see Washington and Oregon again uh, this year. That was a very, very good football game. I was impressed with Washington's ability to run the ball too. Uh, in that game, I thought Oregon was done, and they got you know they scratched back in that game as well. These are two very, very good football teams. Um, that will be joining the Big Ten next year. But what uh, what a good football game. You're right. I, I could watch that game over again from front to back. Uh, USC is, man, that defense is kind of like what I've been seeing from LSU. It's hitting up a senior, single soldier with a tank. Uh, listen, 48 points by Notre Dame on them, that's ridiculous. <clears throat> Caleb Williams, I mean, everybody has – a bad game from time to time. I think this definitely does hurt him in the Heisman stock. I think the standard for him to win the Heisman was going to be higher anyway, uh, simply because, you know, it's only happened one time that they've given the Heisman to the same person uh, two years in a row, you know, back-to-back Heisman run. So I feel like the standard for him was going to be a little bit higher. Uh, He just played himself probably out of the Heisman race uh, this past weekend, but we'll see. Um, and then they play, you know, you talk about Utah getting things done, and now USC has to play Utah next next weekend. So uh, that will be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Uh, Utah taking care of business. Uh, you just mentioned Oregon State taking care of business against UCLA. Now moving to the uh, Big Ten, you know, uh, Michigan is one of the – Few teams ever. I think I saw the four teams since 1936 to score more than 30, give up seven or less in each of their first seven games. But they hadn't played anybody great. They really only have, to be honest with you, two really really tough games on that schedule. Uh, I, they play uh, Penn State on like November 11th, and of course Ohio State to close out the year. You talk about Ohio State and Marvin Harrison going crazy, and he definitely did again. Um, we're going to find out a lot about Ohio State. And you talked about Penn State uh, getting that win over UMass, 63 to nothing. Uh, Penn State and Ohio State hook up this weekend. So uh, that's going to be a big game in the Big Ten this coming weekend. 
out east. Uh, listen, shame on you, Louisville. Uh, this is a team that just beat Notre Dame last week. We talked about it just a week ago in this space. Talked about them having more athletes on the field and just, you know, making plays all over the place. And then what do you do as an encore? You become the first uh, football bowl team, uh, you know, uh, victory for Pittsburgh this year. Pitt had the only wins that Pittsburgh had so far this season were against FCS opponents until they ran into Louisville last night. So uh, classic case of a team that didn't really necessarily know how to handle success. You come off one of the biggest wins uh, in in the regular season history of your program, and you come back and lose (laughs) to a team that you had no business losing to uh, classic letdown game for Louisville, and that's going to really hurt them in the ACC race. Uh, you know, I felt like I felt like that the North Carolina Tar Heels could be had by Miami, and the first half of that game, it really looked like they could be. Yeah, why, the the wide receiver you mentioned, uh, it was a suspension. It was a, basically he was trying to get cleared on a transfer where, you know, that second transfer and they fought it and fought it and fought it and finally got him cleared so he could play. <clears throat> so now that he's back in the fold for North Carolina, uh, that helps him and gives Drake May another weapon. Uh, North Carolina taking care of business. I will say uh, I, I understand the frustration, TP. I do believe that this team is further along than it was a year ago. Um but I, I definitely get the frustration uh, with Cristobal and that coaching staff. Uh, now, real quickly, to hit the SEC, I hate to do a sports city, but I have to. Jimbo Fisher, again, highly touted. Miss me with all that. You know, they may be the LSU later this year. We'll see. But three losses now for Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. Uh, you know, they lost their starting quarterback. Everybody talks like Mac Johnson was going to be just as good. Uh, he's not. He made some good throws for them, but he also turned the ball over in some critical moments. And I know Max Johnson because he played at LSU and was one of the guys that <clears throat> tried to replace Joe Burrow when uh, Miles Brennan went down in the first couple games of the year. So uh, Texas A&M falling off. This is their third loss, and they still have Ole Miss left, and they still have LSU left. Another wait to next year for Jimbo Fisher. Uh, but $77 million uh, buyout. He'll probably be back uh, in College Station next year. Um, you know, Florida with a last-second win at South Carolina. Just real quick looking around the SEC. Uh, Brock Bowers. X-rays, his original X-rays were negative. You're right, following up with an MRI and see what else is going on with him. But I hope he gets back on the field. Uh, that Georgia team looked great a week ago against Kentucky. They definitely showed some vulnerability again um, against Vanderbilt. But Georgia's the only team, really, if the SEC is going to have a playoff participant, it's going to have to be Georgia. They still got Florida in front of them. They still got Ole Miss in front of them. And whoever comes out of the <clears throat> the West, you know, in a bounce back game for Missouri, they only have one loss and that was to LSU a week ago in Columbia. Uh, they go in and beat Kentucky who was, you know, had their only loss last week to Georgia. Good win for the Missouri Tigers. 
in Lexington. Listen, I think <clears throat> kind of what uh, Breaking News said about not agitating Bryce Harper, I thought Sam Pittman and Arkansas did everything right. They just kind of swinged into Alabama, let's go play. They didn't do stupid, stupid stuff like Lane Kiffin did and kind of, you know, poked the bear before they went into his house or before he was coming to their house. Uh, and they almost got out of there with a win. Arkansas had that ball with six minutes to go and couldn't convert. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think uh, with another year of experience, I think Jalen Milrow is going to be even better. Uh, that guy throws a deep, as good a deep ball as most as it, about anybody in college football. Uh, the mid-range and, you know, those passes where you got to put a little touch on it and need a little bit of work. I do think, you know, Texas beat him early in the year. I do think that uh, somebody else, you know, Tennessee or LSU could beat Alabama, uh, but don't poke the bear and don't don't rile them up. Just kind of, you know, quietly just you know show up and try to get in there and take care of your business. Um, but Alabama still has everything in front of it as far as their goals in the SEC. And then uh, real quick, TP, and I, I save this one for last. Uh, LSU did put together a more uh, complete game, played a little bit better on defense. Um, but Jay Daniels, another 400-yard game, <coughs> uh, combined passing and rushing, he's got five. The record for an LSU quarterback is Joe Burrow and his six. Jay Daniels has a chance to break that. I understand that, you know, when he first came over from Arizona State, very up and down. And then last year took off and ran a lot. Uh, Jaden has really, really progressed this year, too. Like, he does still run some but his ability to shift in the pocket, his ability to make throws down the field, uh, that has really, really uh, matured in his game this year. Uh, you know, last night, 20 and 27, he didn't really have to do uh, more than that, but still a very good game. And it's sad, TP, that their offense has been – I mean, their defense has been so bad. You got a couple losses because this is one of the best LSU offenses that I've ever seen. Uh, the one in 2019 was dynamic. And, and that one definitely takes the cake, I think. But, like, this offense this year uh, with Jaden Daniels' accuracy and the way he's using those receivers and now that that running game has started to click as well, uh, this is a, a, a very special offensive team to watch. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch them. It, it's a shame that, uh, like I said, uh, the poor defense kind of, uh, you know, taints that experience a little bit. But what Jaden Daniels is doing – uh, in Baton Rouge and the way he has continued to develop, you know, I, I don't know about if he could do anything beyond college simply because he's one of those, you know, typical college quarterbacks that doesn't really take snaps under center. But uh, just to see him mature into the player that he's become, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And it's, you know, just seeing him develop that he's, he's a special player in college football. And so seeing LSU get that done against, uh, Auburn, and then now next week they play Army, and then they come back with a bye week and then uh, run the conference schedule with Alabama and, and, you know, play the string out. But uh, it's it's special to watch him play, and so you don't always have this many good pieces on a team at one time. So uh, just telling LSU fans, as bad as the other side of the ball may have been, like, understand what you got here and appreciate it because uh, you only got four more regular – five more regular season games of it. So – uh, good to see LSU <clears throat> get that done. And, you know, as bad as they looked uh, early on this season against Florida State, and even though they 
gave up, I don't know, 6,000 yards against Ole Miss in that game. Uh, everything's still out in front of this team, too. Uh, they have one loss in the conference. Uh, I, I don't know that even if you win the conference with, with the – <clears throat> with the poor showing this team that this conference showed uh, against other other conferences, I don't know that that puts you in a playoff picture, and that's fine. I don't think this team is a playoff team, but uh, this team can still come out of the West and at least represent the the Western Division in the uh, in the conference championship game. I'm not saying that they will, but all their goals are still in front of them. So uh, that's what I got, GP. And that is a lot. Uh, Brian, your thoughts on the top 25 before we get out of here and get to week six in the NFL? Uh, Brian, let me know what's on your mind about the games that took place. And also, there was one thing that Mike did say about the Colorado game. They weren't top 25. They weren't on the scoreboard. But I I am definitely – I'm stunned. Um, Deion, you can't no longer dodge the bullet. You cannot – 29 nothing lead and lose that game. Dion, you are in the Hall of Fame as the best cornerback ever, so that means you're a defensive-minded coach. Your defense is horrible, and I don't care how good Shiloh is. I don't care if he's your son. That Shiloh's the only bright spot on that defense. That's it. That's it. I, I don't care what Colorado say. And he's talking about get him now. Once your boys leave, you're going to leave Colorado. So, I, I, look, let me get away from that. I, I, I'm glad that Mike did that. Uh, Brian, your thoughts on the top 25, and I'll get away from this to get to our picks for week six. Yeah, so um, I'll keep it pretty short since you guys did a pretty extensive cover of everything that basically transpired in the NCAA. Um, I've said this for a few weeks now, and, you know, I'm one of those people until I kind of get to the off season and really start diving into the film because you know that I'm I'm all about the draft tie and, and – and evaluating players. Um, I look a lot at swag. I look at a lot on body language and how people carry themselves. And I've, I've told you for a while and, and uh, you mentioned it, but Michael Penix just really has an ick factor. And uh, with, with less than two minutes to go in that game against a ranked opponent against Bo Nix, um, you know, to, to be able to, to not only deliver, but in the fashion that he did, it, it really speaks a lot to uh, that team and where and and where he's at and and what he's able to do. Like you said, he did have a pick earlier in that game and did have to bring them back. They were down, um, so kudos to him. As far as USC, um, this is the second time now that I've seen, um, and I'm not going to put this all on Caleb. I'm really not because. USC, for, for, to have a team ranked in the top ten and be that pitiful at one part of the game is really, is really sad. Like, he, th- their defense is non-existent. They don't play defense. They basically okay. put everything on Caleb Williams. Uh, and you know what? You can't always win like that. I mean, this is the second week in a row. Let's not forget last week against Arizona, it went into double overtime. And he was sensational, but because his defense can't stop anybody. I mean, he can only score so many points. And you know what? The the, the wheels kind of fell off here. So um, it's it's really it's really one of those things where you know I don't know, man. I've said this a couple times, and it's no disrespect to Caleb, and I could be wrong, but 
I've seen a lot of dudes come out of the draft that are that are number one type picks and um, fall a little flat on their their face. I I don't I don't see that it factor with Caleb. I really don't. I I, I watch quite a bit of USC football. I don't see the it factor. So um, I I hope I'm wrong, but I I just don't see it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Duke because nobody else mentioned Duke. Duke lost their starting quarterback, Leonard, in the game versus uh, Notre Dame, the only team that has beat them. They lost by seven, uh, came out and played a, a pretty darn good uh, North Carolina State team that was 4-2 and two before this game and was able to win 24-3 with a backup quarterback that threw for less than 150 total yards. Uh, Duke is for real, man. I'm telling you, there is not one team, there's not one team in the top 20 or even the top 10 that wants to play Duke. I said this to you a few weeks ago, Ty. If they, if for, by some miracle, they happen to get in, they, they're, they're one of those teams that nobody is going to want to play. They're, they're going to be a thorn in everybody's side. And I'll, and I'll end with this, Ty. If you look at Arizona, I can't help but think to myself, when you look at their quarterback, two freshmen, uh, Noah Fafita, took so long to feel, to what took so long for them to figure out that he was their best quarterback, because I have a hard time believing that you could watch this dude in practice week after week after week and him him look horrible and then come out against multiple top ten teams now and perform well. Took USC to the breaking point, barely lost that game, really played well enough to win that game, then has another back-to-back versus Washington State and just absolutely massacres him. This kid's someone to keep an eye on. Okay, I was talking on me, Twister. I do apologize. Okay, um, just just for the record, right now, Sports City, this game has gotten interesting. And of course, the guy that I said that I do not like that never fails. He never fails. Um, the game is at eighteen thirteen in favor of Baltimore. The the Titans got the ball. We're driving thirty-one play. Throws a pass. When Derrick Henry is going crazy and he throws a pick, like ten, this is Ryan Tannehill, y'all. The dude that they gave a hundred plus million dollars. <laughs> wow, I, I I love how the NFL. I wish I was a quarterback. Like, why couldn't it have been a quarterback? Like, why couldn't it did it? I don't know. Being a big boy, I guess. Okay, so uh, let's get into this as best as I possibly can. We're gonna get into the picks for week six. I do have Big Bro in the building. Arkeezy, a.k.a. Royce, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning or afternoon for me? I'm feeling good, gentlemen. Excited about this week's NFL picks as a basketball guy. But uh, first love sport, got to be honest, like most of us Americans, was football. Uh, I didn't have the body for it. You know, 6'2", 142 pounds in high school, you're going to get killed out there on the football field. But I tried it one year. I'm still feeling good going down memory lane. Let me digress. I'm ready to make my picks. Let's get to it. Okay. Um, I, like I said, I will be watching this closely with the, the Ravens and the Titans. This is the overseas game, the last of the, you know, the overseas stuff, whether it's in England or in Germany. I think this is the last of the situation. But um, we, we'll, I'll be watching as close as possible, just getting into these scores um, that we have here. Okay, so the first game that I have, 
are the Washington Commanders sitting at two and three, going up against a three and two Atlanta Falcons team in the middle of the dirty, the filthy, nasty, dirty South. The Falcons are favored by one and a half. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like and why? Mike, are you there? You might be on mute. It was my turn to talk on mute. Um, I'm going to go with the Falcons simply because they're at home. I like what they have in the running game. Uh, We'll see if it's an aberration or not. We did see, surprisingly, a little bit of progress from uh, Desmond Ritter throwing the ball last weekend as well. So I'm going to go with the Falcons and say they win at home today. Royce, who do you like and why? The Commanders or the Falcons? Rolling with the Falcons. Uh, I think they're a better team than the Commanders at this point uh, in time in the season. This is very interesting of a pick right here. I can't even lie, Sports City, because I feel like the passing attack of the Commanders could actually take this game over the run game of what the Falcons possess could actually be another thing as well. I am going to go with, hmm. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. I'm going with the commanders. I'm going with the commanders. Give me the point and a half too. I think they went outright. I, I think Terry, scary Terry might be a little too much for that second there, even though they got Terrell in those boys, I feel like they can do it. I'm going to go with the commanders to win this game. Uh, on the road in the middle of Atlanta, Brian, who do you like in this game? Uh, and the Falcons. Fun fact, since college, Desmond Ritter is undefeated. I'm going to go with Atlanta. Wait, he's undefeated? Undefeated oh, he's at home. Undefeated at home. At home. Oh, I was about, at home. Oh, I was about to say. Okay. I was about to no, say, no, wait, no, hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I thought that that was I thought that was a foregone conclusion considering they've lost this year. But I'm saying the game is in Atlanta. He's undefeated at home as a pro in Atlanta, and he was undefeated in his college career at home. So I, I like I like Atlanta's odds. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I'm I'm all by myself on that one. This game right here, Sports City. I'm like edge of my seat excited to see because it is in my division and they both are suffering at the same time who wins this i know i and i feel like this is the shocker of the pick i guess i'll go first on this one um the minnesota vikings are on the road in the middle of shy town shy city aka windy city up against the chicago bears both of these teams sit at one and four minnesota's favored by three on the road I'm going with Chicago to win this game at home, running away with this. If you don't know, now you're going to know. Justin Jefferson is out for the next six weeks. I I don't think the, the Vikings survive without him. Like, he has been that often. As much as they say, oh, Kirk Cousins can get traded to the Jets. Oh, bring Kirk Cousins to New York. Kirk Cousins ain't going to look good without Jefferson. Like, this, this picture where he's going to go to right now without his stud superstar receiver, I, I, and, and let alone the Bears are scratching and clawing to try to get a win. And the Vikings' defense is questionable. I, I, I can really unload on their defense, but I'll just say questionable at this point in time. I'm, I'm going with uh, Chicago to win this game at home. 
Um, Royce, who you like in this game, Vikings or Bears? I'm rolling with the Bears. Okay. Uh, Mike, who do you have in this game, Vikings or Bears? I actually agree with you, TP. I'm going with the Bears as well. I think they have uh, shown something in the passing game. I think the DJ Moore and Justin Fields have started to get a little bit of chemistry built up. And I think with Justin Jefferson out, I I think this Minnesota team struggles, and, and you just mentioned it. They haven't played great defense. I think the Bears get this done at, at home. Ryan, who do you like, Minnesota or Chicago? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Chicago as well. Um, I think I think somebody told uh, Justin Fields a couple weeks ago that. Uh, the Bears were in line for uh, uh, maybe a potential upgrade at quarterback, and he's looked a lot better. And uh, as as you mentioned, uh, Minnesota's lost their, their number one weapon, and uh, they they always seem seem to find a way to 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 fumble the ball away. So uh, I'll go with the Bears, especially at home. Okay, um, for the one o'clock game, y'all, I feel like this may be the game of the day at one o'clock. Um, the Seattle Seahawks off to an impressive start. Their lone losses up against the Rams. They are on the road in the middle of Ohio going up against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, in which the Bengals are favored by three at home. Um, this is any man's game. I'm really worried about the health of Joe Burrow. Can Geno outshoot Joe Burrow? That is the question. Brian, I'll come to you first. Seahawks or Bengals? This is like one of the toughest teams to pick because Burrow looked a lot better last week, which to me means he's probably getting healthier. But Seattle did have last week off as a bye, and Pete Carroll is incredibly good off of a bye week. And in addition, as you know, Ty, Seattle is actually one of the few teams on the West Coast that actually does fairly well when they travel east. Um, for those reasons, I'm actually going to take Seattle uh, in an upset. Okay, we have Seahawks. Mike, who do you like in this game, uh, Seattle or Bengals? You know, Cincinnati has kind of been the team this year that wherever I pick, uh, minus one week, I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, but I do like what I saw. Uh, from Burrow a week ago. I do think he's getting healthier. Uh, I thought Jamar Chase had a good game. I think Higgins is back uh, this week. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I think this is a must-win game for them in a division that is still as as slow a start as they had. This is a division that they could still uh, find a way to win. So I think Cincinnati gets it done at home against Seattle today. Royce, who do you like in this matchup, Seahawks or Bengals? Seahawks for the win. We have two for Seattle. Okay, um, this is tough for me because for personal reasons, I have Jamar Chase on my fantasy team, and, boy, has he been going crazy the past two weeks. Especially last week, this dude as a receiver put up 44 points. Heavens. Heaven, yes, please. Please keep it going, Jamar, whatever you got. Um, this is a very impressive matchup. I am going to go with the Bengals at home. I, I really feel like they should be strong at home to get this done. 
even though Geno has been impressive with this team and you can't overlook what the Seahawks have been doing this season, um, they're at it regardless. I feel like their lone threat out west is the Niners at this point in time. Um, I can't wait to see that matchup. I do want to see the Niners and the, the Seahawks go at it. Can the Seahawks upseed them because they have that rivalry going on in the NFC West? I, I, I want to see somebody make Brian sweat. Nobody's making him sweat at all. He's been chilling. So I'm going to go with the Bengals to get this done. But nevertheless, I do have that circled when the Niners and the Seahawks do get after it. Okay, the next matchup we have is an interesting one. And speaking of which, I just said the doggone team. So is there anybody <laughs> – Sports City starts now. It starts now, Sports City. Is there anybody in this kitchen that believes the Cleveland Browns can beat the Niners without Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson is out. It's in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. It's fair enough. Let's give him a fair shot. Let's give him a fair shot. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. Can the Browns nope. beat the Niners? Anybody in the kitchen? Nope. Nope. No, 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 Hey, Ty. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I'm going to give you two interesting stats about this game. So the Niners have scored 30 or more points in each game this year. That's, that streak's about to end. The Niners will score less than 30. And I do think that the the win will be by single digits, not double digits. Brown defense is really underrated. I think they're probably, if not the best, one of the two or three best defenses in the entire league uh, that can cause some problems. The problem with the Browns is they just can't score points. But they'll keep it close. Okay. So, 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 so since my father was a, a, a card shark, poker player, I'll raise you one. I think y'all win by double digits, and I will be watching this close. You want to know why? You can talk and hoot and holler all about that defense. That defense will be on that field a lot without Deshaun. I know DTR is the quarterback that they say, oh, he's a up-and-coming, promising quarterback, so on and so forth. He does not have the he same handle on that offense like Deshaun Watson. I feel like this could be a major blowout unless the Niners really start trying to play smash-mouth football and run the ball all day and don't let that passing game get involved. I, that's the only way I feel like this this game could be close, but I I think the Browns are in trouble um, heavily Niners, up against the Niners. Niners I, I, I should I should do the Brian Hughes and say they could win the game by twenty. Right, yeah, but not, I don't want the them to do it all game. I don't no, not no, no, all game. But I'm saying the Niners will run the ball a lot, and it's PJ Walker at quarterback, not DTR. Okay, so you're, you're making my case for the better. So Walker's going to come in here and start slugging it out with, with um, Purdy and, and both of these guys? No. Hey. No, okay, but, he, so, but he is a mobile quarterback, and that, that is the Niners' fifth tonight. That's, that's fine. Not, that was too. Four times. That's a mobile quarterback, too. To pick up first. Dak, Dak is a mobile quarterback, too. Dak moves. No, come on. Stop it. What happened? Are you kidding me? Dak? What? Dak, Dak is a mobile quarterback. If, it, if, you, if you're running downhill, listen. The only Stop reason is I, I feel like I, I feel like ever since he broke his foot, he doesn't run Correct. as much as he used now to. But he's still you get to the crux of the problem. He's not a mobile quarterback anymore. Hasn't mm. been for okay. a long time. Sports City, y'all sit tight. The next show, what, what is it? Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Y'all sit tight. We're gonna watch the score, Brian. If Brian gets to Annie or if I get to Annie, I'm saying double digits. Brian saying it's um, single digit. Are you saying one score or two? Is it nine or, or seven? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I'm is it a two saying, score? I'm just saying less than ten. It could be nine, could be seven. I'm just saying they'll keep it fairly okay. close. 
Got you. Okay. Well, I'm I'm saying double digits. Sports City, y'all watch that dog on thin clothes. I'm coming for my big brother. That's for sure. He think he's safe on the West Coast. I'm coming for him. Um, here go another one, Lord. Um, is there anybody in his kitchen that believes the Carolina Panthers can go into Miami, Florida, and knock off the Panthers? The Panthers. I mean, knock off the Dolphins. Excuse me. And the Dolphins are favored by 14. In Hard Rock Cafe, anybody think the Panthers could go up in there and get their first win? Nope. Dolphins are covered. <laughs> he said they're covering. Wow. Um, I believe it. I believe it. Let's say across the board. Everybody said Dolphins. Everybody said Niners. Okay. The next matchup we have, uh, oh, this is a sad one, Sports City. Um, AFC South matchup. The Indianapolis Colts go into Jacksonville up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just read this morning that Anthony Richardson may get season-ending surgery. They think it may be over for this season, especially the way that he came out the gate starting for the uh, the Colts at this point in time. And I know that we've been talking about him, especially Brian as well, as, as good as he's been doing with this offense. And they get Jonathan Taylor back. They look like they're going to do something. And it's always something. I, I, what is this, the curse of Peyton Manning? This is like the Andrew Luck injury. This is the Anthony Richardson injury. This is the Naheem Hines injury. You know, the Jonathan Taylor situation. Everything's happening with the Colts. Like, I've been watching this year after year. Um, as strong as they were when Peyton was there, I didn't want to see Peyton do well. But Peyton was monster match in the league. Now it's like, get up. Like, we want to see you get up, champ, and do what you got to do. But nevertheless, AFC South matchup, uh, Jags, or Colts, I'll start with you first on this one, Royce. Who do you – no, no, you're at home, Royce. You're, you're in Indy. I'm taking you for last. Um, Mike, give me your thoughts on this game. Who you you picking, the Colts or the Jags? I like the Jags. I'm a little bit cautious them coming, you know, back from London and all that the long week. But, but I like the Jags in this game, especially at home. Um, I think they beat the Colts, so this has been a very interesting uh, rivalry game that hasn't always gone the way it's supposed to, but I'll take the Jags there. Brian, who do you like, Colts or Jaguars? Yeah, you know, Gardner Minshew has been phenomenal coming in for the Colts, but I think the Jags are a team that are finally starting to hit their stride the receivers have decided that they're no longer going to drop Trevor Lawrence passes. And this is a really good defense. Top five in takeaways. I think the Jags are just a little bit on another level from the Colts. The Colts are, are good. The Jags are very good. So I got the I got the Jags. I agree. I'm going with Jacksonville as well. Um, with the loss of Anthony Richardson, I, feel, I am a Gardner Minshew fan. I do like Gardner's story and everything that he's going through, he's still a you know efficient enough quarterback to get the job done. I just feel like they are trying their best to keep Trevor Lawrence's story, you know, strongly relevant moving forward in the NFL. They they need this story, especially in Jacksonville, if they want to keep them in Florida, if they want to move them overseas. He's been doing enough for the past couple of weeks. He got a two game winning streak being over there in London. I think it it the streak continues. Uh, coming back to America. I, I'm going with Jacksonville. Uh, Royce, your thoughts? You are in the middle of Indianapolis. Give me your thoughts. Who do you like on the ground out there, Jacksonville or Indy? 
Man, this is so anticlimactic. I have to apologize, but Thomas, you could have set this up like you did with the 49ers and the Dolphins. and simply asked, is there anybody in this kitchen that thinks the Colts can beat the Jaguars this week? And you would have heard me say, no, 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 Jaguars. No. I don't know. I grew up off of a, a show back in the 90s. You know, there was a, a show called Martin. I don't know if you guys heard of it, but it was a comedy the uh, the lead actor uh, Martin his name was Martin Lawrence and um, he played seven different roles and my favorite character out of all of them was Jerome and the song that he sang was Don't You Know No Good okay let me get it let me get past that okay so um the next matchup we have are the New Orleans Saints this is an interesting one Sports City the New Orleans Saints sitting at three and two. Go to Houston up against the Houston Texans at two and three. The Saints are favored by two on the road. Um, who do you like in this one, and why? I'll come to you first, Royce. Saints or Texans? I'm rolling with the Saints. I think they're uh, starting to hit their stride, and uh, that's my first gut instinct. Saints. Brian, who do you like in this one? Saints or Texans? You know what, man? The Saints' defense is just too good. Uh, I, I I don't feel super comfortable with the pick only because every once in a while the Saints just will forget how to score points. But that defense is so good. I think they'll hold the Texans in check under 20, and I think it'll probably end up being like a 2017-type game. I'm going to say Saints because of one reason, because I'm not a Derek Carr fan. But I think that Kamara has a big day up against that defense. I, I think that they're going to have a tough time trying to deal with him. Um, and Houston, as much as Stroud has been playing good, Stroud has been very effective at taking care of that ball. I think that is going to make this a game. If Stroud does not, uh, you know, have any turnovers, whether it's fumble or pick or if this offense keeps it together, I feel like this is going to be one of them nail-biter type of games. But I think Kamara definitely wins the matchup against that linebacking core. And uh, if Derek Carr can make some throws that he doesn't turn the ball over, I feel like the Saints could win. But um, I, I'm Derek Carr is still in the same fold to me as Ryan Tannehill, but he's in a good situation with a good receiving core down there in New Orleans. Um, maybe this may resurrect his career. I feel like he's a strong candidate to win the NFC South. We will see. Derek Carr don't make me look bad. I'm going Saints. Mike, your boys up against the Texans in the middle of Houston. How do you guys get it done? So I do believe that uh, Derek Carr is an average quarterback, but but I I'm not willing to go as far as to say Ryan Tannehill. Come on now, uh, listen. Uh, they showed a few uh, flashes throwing the ball downfield. Chris Olave, I guess, uh, finally after filing police reports and you know uh, calling lost and found all over the city, finally found the end zone. Um, Last week, I think uh, Kamara, you know, uh, another game with his legs under him. I think that they can do enough offensively. Listen, I'm really impressed with C.J. Stroud. He's taking care of the football. He is uh, right on the record, if he hasn't surpassed yet, of, of most passes thrown for a rookie without throwing an interception. I think that streak ends this week. I think he has a decent game, but I think he throws his first interception today. Uh, and I think the Saints win. I think it's close, maybe three or four, but I think the Saints find a way to win and go to four and two. 
Are you doing? Are you doing that bias? Are you doing that? Do you think he's going to get his first pick against the Saints? We'll see, Sports City. They better be ready for me Tuesday because if he if Stroud don't throw a pick, I'm coming for Mike too. And 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 here goes the crazy part. You said come on now about me comparing him to Tannehill. Don't you know both of these guys got a hundred million dollars? And don't you know both of these quarterbacks got traded? Both of them. Both of them. I, and both of them no, want to run. I, I, both I of them, both of them want to, I, know, I know you talk. I don't cut you off. I don't cut you off. And both of them want to run. Both of them had catastrophic injuries and having to rebuild themselves up, and they still the same guy. I'm, I'm sorry. Derek Carr had to prove himself in Oakland and Vegas. It didn't happen. And the Raiders have a big organization, big following. Did not happen. He's going to have to try and turn it around down south in the bayou. He's in the same situation as Tannehill, but I feel – Who's better? If I had to pick it, Derek Carr is better than Tannehill. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But they, to me, they are in the same realm. Them guys got so much money and did crap, crap. That's just me. Sorry. We'll, we'll see what the Saints will do this season. But I'm not. I, no, I'm not watching you get away with that. He's gonna have to prove it to I, me I, that he can go out there. And matter of fact, he got he got drilled in Green Bay. They lost that game because he got drilled. If he didn't get knocked out, like, and he came right I, back, like, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Uh, Underwhelming performances. I just don't think he's quite as bad as Tannehill. And as far as the Saints' pass defense has been really good, and they do a good job disguising coverages and that kind of stuff. And so that's that's why I think they can they can possibly pull it off. You know, give him his first pick of the season. But I think Stroud shows again today. Uh, I, I think he makes some good plays and, and plays pretty well. We'll see. One one side of the boat, Derek Carr with that one paddle. The other side of the boat, Ryan Tannehill. They they could join forces. They could they could fuse like Vegeta oh. and, and Goku. Okay. Um. The next matchup we have are the oh god. <laughs> the New England Patriots go to Las Vegas up against these doggone Raiders that I'm speaking about. The Raiders are favored by three in Allegiant Stadium in the middle of the desert. Um. I will go first. Sports City, I live out here, and um, I'm in New England. I am not going to lie. I really, for the past six, seven years, was screaming to go, like Bill Belichick, the go, the go, the go. Mac Jones is so horrible that Belichick's goatness is in question. Like, this is on trial how bad the Patriots are. People are saying that Patriots have the worst offense in the NFL. The worst offense in the NFL. These guys are not scoring points. Mac Jones is still the starter. Belichick is still choosing to throw him out there, especially in a, a stadium where he lost it last year over some, I don't even want to call it a fumble. I don't know what it was, but the way that they won, Chandler Jones ended up winning this, bringing that ball to the crib. I'm going with the Raiders to knock off Belichick in them. Um, a lot of people think that, is it time for Belichick to go? I don't want to see him forced out, but it might be. It might be. I, as much as I don't want to see his legacy burn, because he's losing games by 30 at home. He's getting shut out and stuff. This is, this is unbearable to watch. This is unbearable to watch, especially being out here. How every If you see how it is, it, it, where I live, I live in the middle of it. So it's, it's Giants, Jets, and Patriots fans out here. And, um, if you see a Patriot fan, it's like they're so bossy. 
cocky, brassy. Now, the way that they losing, they don't even, like, claim that. Like, yeah, I'm a Pats fan. Or they don't even want to talk football. They'd rather talk about the Red Sox or the Bruins or something. They're not, they not even talking football no more how bad the Patriots look right now, but they'll talk about yesteryear with Brady. In it. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm, I'm going with the Raiders on this one. Um, Royce, who do you like in this game, Patriots or Raiders? <laughs> the Raiders. Okay, you did the uh... – Chris Berman for me. That's what I got. Okay. Um, Mike, who do you like in this one, Patriots or Raiders? I'm just going to tell you real quick. If you got Tannehill and Carr in a boat, they're both going to drown if they rely on each other. Uh, but end of the day, uh, listen, I, I read that Mac Jones has the third worst quarterback rating in the league right now behind only Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. And I just mentioned that because you mentioned all three fan bases out there. Uh, but I just don't see any progress or any life out of this uh, Patriots offense at all. And the Raiders have, for the most part, been able to uh, be competitive. I feel like, you know, with a former assistant, this might be a game that Belichick – could find a way to win, but I just don't believe. Uh, I, I'm picking the Raiders at home. Brian, who do you like in this matchup, Patriots or Raiders? I'm going to pull a tie, and I'm going to up the ante. I'm going to say the Raiders, and I'm going to say by double digits. The Raiders going to win. <laughs> They're going to win by double digits. Jimmy Garoppolo coming back home to the scene of the crime. Josh McDaniels coming back home to the scene of the crime. You've got you've got a, a limping Patriots team that have their front leg caught in a snare. Don't think either one of them are going to want to do him any favors. Uh, I, I I I expect to see Garoppolo's best performance of the year th- today. Actually, this is in Vegas. They're they not coming to Massachusetts. They, they, this is in Vegas. It's out west. Just okay, to let well, you know, you're still going to get you're still going to get his best performance. But yes. Yeah, I I think it's a double-digit loss. I, I Listen, I said a few weeks ago I thought the Broncos were the worst team in the league. You know what? That was only because the Patriots had slipped my mind. As bad at what a train wreck Sean Payton and the Broncos are, uh, the, the the Patriots might be worse. Well, and that's, that's impressive. I hope the Broncos and the Patriots play each other, just to revisit this conversation right here. Okay, um... Very interesting. I don't know if I should throw it around a room like that. Um, I'll do it. I'll see what you guys say. Is there anybody in the kitchen that believes the Arizona Cardinals can go in the SoFi and knock off the Rams? The Rams are favored by a full touchdown, seven points. Uh, the Cardinals sit at one and four. The Rams are two and three at this point in time. Do the Cardinals go into Los Angeles and knock off the Rams? Anybody? No, I don't believe so. I think it's. I think it could be closer than seven. <clears throat> nope, Rams. Okay, before Man, I got to jump off, Todd. Can I give you? Go ahead, go ahead. You can. Yeah, yeah I got to jump off, but I give you the rest of my picks real quick. Mark me down for Eagles, Lions, Bills, Cowboys. Again, that's Eagles, Lions, Bills, Cowboys. Closing plug. Oh my! All you can eat fantasy basketball Monday, Friday, six p.m. Holler at you, boys. Enjoy sharing the picks. Love y'all. Keep doing what y'all do. Eagles, Lions, Bills, and Cowboys. That's what he said, right? Eagles, Lions, Bills, Cowboys. That's what I uh, All right. And I said, oh, oh my. 
I heard, I heard you. I heard you. Um, okay, so we'll get right to it. The, the next matchup I have are those Philadelphia Eagles going up against the New York Jets. Um, a lot of injuries in this one out of nowhere. Um, does anybody believe that the Jets can protect their house up against the Eagles, or do the Eagles come up in there and storm East Rutherford, New Jersey? The Eagles are favored by six and a half. Vegas is making this thing interesting. Anybody? Nope, everybody said the Eagles. Let's go across the board again. Okay, the game of the day ruled by the NFL. So, Sports City, I'm <laughs> I'm at the mercy of the NFL right now, Sports City. I don't like that in such. I don't like it, but I love it. I love it. I mean, you got to be ready for these situations. Now Now that we, we stop with big dogs, we got to make it happen. We got to make it happen now. The Detroit Lions are on the road in the middle of Tampa Bay up against the Buccaneers. Both of these teams lead their division. Uh, the Lions are sitting at 4-1 and one at this point in time. The Buccaneers are 3-1, and one, but atop the NFC South. The Lions are the favorite on the road by three points. Um, I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on this game. Who do you like and why, the Lions or the Buccaneers? I like the Lions on the road. Now, I'm impressed with uh, Baker's early start, and Tampa's got weapons, and Godwin and Evans, who are both uh, playing well so far this year. So I don't think this is going to be one-sided, and they're going to have to shoot with them. But at the end of this day, I think that Ben Johnson, Jared Goff, Jamison Williams, and those guns on that Lions offense can do enough to pull this out. I think this ends up more like, uh, you know, 30 to 27, 31, 28 type of game. I think it's a shootout, but I think the Lions win. Um, as nervous as I am about this game, I'm, I got, I got a lot of red flags for Detroit. Um, one is how they deal with Mike Evans today. Uh, I know that he's nursing a hamstring, but I feel like he's going to be effective because, uh, just the monster that he is, and Detroit has been having a tough time against bigger receivers, like DK had an interesting game up against Seattle. So we'll see what they can do. Godwin is a guy that is a a, a feisty receiver underneath. And the one thing that's, like, puzzling my pick is how much I look at Baker and, like, see the ups and downs in his career. And it's like this could be a game that he could go crazy against us because everybody's hype about what Detroit's been able to do at this point in time. But if Detroit is for real – they can make this an ugly game for Baker Mayfield and keep the narrative going. So this is the one thing that has me at the edge of my seat. Of course, I'm, I'm forward down the field. If you don't know what forward down the field is, that is a part of the chant in the middle of Detroit. I'm going with Detroit to pull this off. I feel like this is a nail-biter game. I feel like that three points is effective for us, 27 to 24. I feel like it's going to be like that. Um, hopefully they get it done. Hope And, uh, Sam LaPorta was questionable. I, I don't know how that goes. Jameer Gibbs is out. Brian Branch is still out from the uh, the Cavs situation. Hope, hopefully they can get it together before uh, next week as they go to Baltimore, staying on the road. But I'm, I'm going with my boys, that is for sure. Um, the next matchup we have, last but not least, Sunday night football. The Giants are going to Buffalo. Can the Giants do it, Mike? Yes or no? 
No, I, 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 you know, it really frustrates me, and I, and I promise not to talk too long about this. But this should not be a prime time game. Put the Lions in Tampa in prime time, or, or put somebody else in prime time. This Giants team does not need to be on a prime time stage when this is the only game that people can watch. You're going to make people turn over and watch baseball tonight. Uh, Buffalo wins this game. Okay, I agree. I'm going with the Bills as well. Um, I, the Giants have to play without Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is their best option at quarterback. I guess that's what they're saying. I feel like Tyrod Taylor is the better quarterback. He is going back home up against Buffalo. I feel like there is some revenge under the collar of this game, but I, I don't think they do enough. Maybe it might be done because Milano's out for the season. Tredavious White is out for the season. Hopefully the Giants can pull this off, but I, I, they need a miracle like 1991 where the kick is missed and the Giants prevail. I, that's the only way this goes down. But I think Josh Allen is a little too much uh, for his former coach, Debo, and company. I'm, I'm going with the Bills to win this one um, across the board. Uh, we did lose Ryan, but he did send me the picks that he has. He said Lions, Chargers, and the Bills. So last but not least, the last game is the Monday night game. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game? The Cowboys take their talents to Los Angeles up against this Charger team. Who you like and why? Cowboys or Chargers? I'm going to tell you, this is a game that I that I do not feel good about at all uh, as far as you know, the Cowboys coming off the beating that they just did and this very plain-looking offense and inability to run the ball. But I'm not a believer in the Chargers either. I mean, uh, I think Justin Herbert, good quarterback, but a little overhyped, but this team finds a way to choke away a lot of games. And so uh, I really don't know who to pick, so I'm going to pick somebody because I have to. And – I believe that the Cowboys' defense is a little bit better than the Chargers' defense. So uh, I I think the Cowboys find a way to get this game uh, in L.A. on Monday night, but I, I don't feel good about this pick at all, T.P., and I could be talked either way. So I'm going to go with Dallas reluctantly. Okay, and me, myself, I'm going with, the Chargers, they get Eckler back, and they haven't had him for quite some time. The only thing that bothers me is Herbert with the broken finger to see if he can do it. If it doesn't bother him, I am uh, more or less worried about the protection that Herbert has up front. If they could keep Michael Parsons out of the game, they'll clearly whip these guys. Uh reason why I'm saying that, Leighton Vanderash is out. They are out without one of the stronger linebackers, and their secondary is still on trial without Diggs. Uh, digs out for the season has definitely hampered their situation. I feel like they could threaten them on the outside in the passing game. Keenan Allen and company couldn't be a threat for them. And this is on the road. Even though I feel like the Cowboys' presence in California is pretty big, I still feel like the Chargers, this is a, a point-to-prove type of game to me uh, for Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert doesn't win this game, I will give it to him Tuesday. Like Tuesday he's going to have to face the fire uh, of a game that he needs to win, an impressive win. This is this is one of those games that he, he has to impress people up against a strong, stout defense. Not not those gimme games. 
that you know that he's going to pull off and he does his job. This is what they paid you the big bucks to do. I'm going with the Chargers on Monday night. Okay, Mike, give me a plug, close-out shout-out as we shut the doors here at the brunch. There has been a Malik Willis sighting in London uh, for the Tennessee Titans. They just had first and goal on the one-yard line, and they went the wrong way, set up for a field goal. 24-16 Ravens with about 35 seconds to go in this thing. Uh, so the Ravens are going to win this game up against the Tennessee Titans. Check us out, man, sportscitychefs.com. we got articles, finger foods. Uh, got different things on the website. So check us out, like, and subscribe if any of it resonates with you. Uh, you heard Royce just pitch the show on Mondays and Fridays at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, All You Can Eat Fantasy Basketball. We got other shows throughout the week as well. We're six days a week now, man. Uh, 9 p.m. on Tuesday night, NFL front office show on Wednesday night, same time. Uh, the callers cook out and then on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Roundtable Gumbo. I think we are going to take a hiatus this Thursday uh, with the Saints playing on Thursday night, so we may push that back one week um, and, and skip it this week and then come back next week. And then on Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern time, this show right here, the time of Sunday morning brunch, where we uh, recap what happened on the weekend, set the table for Sunday and the week ahead. Shout out to all the chefs, the chefs in the building that joined us today. Uh, Royce, always a pleasure sharing uh, stage with you. Breaking news, Brian Hughes uh, as well. Uh, shout out to the the other chefs that are part of the Sports City Chef community. Controversy sending in his picks this morning. Uh, Sirius Simmons, the host of the Tuesday Night Show, and Villain, who hosts Wednesday, is going to be back in the building this week. And always to UTP, without you, I wouldn't be here, my brother. Thank you again for having me, for bringing me into the Sports City Chefs family. And uh, it's it's a pleasure, a privilege, and a blessing, man, to be uh, to be part of this group and, and to break it down with you every Sunday and host and co-host this show with you. And once again, man, thanks for having me. Check out phiparo.co. Get your Philly uh, apparel for their, their new first baseman, Bryce Harper. I play him there for the rest of his life. I wouldn't put him back in the outfield to get more mileage on his legs. Uh, that being said, man, until next time. Peace. All right, Sports City, stay tuned to everything that we got going on throughout the week. Um, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. This is a big game today. They gave us the game of the day for real. They flexed us from 1 o'clock to 4.30. They give us that doggone title. Boys got to go in and Tampa Bay and get it done. Hopefully we can silence the cannon, but I don't think so. I, I think we're going to have a nail-biter type of game. Hopefully they can get it done. We've got too many injuries going into this doggone thing. Uh, Everybody's game doing their thing. Uh, Royce is a Cowboys fan, so it's definitely split down the middle. Sports City, stay tuned to a lot of what we got on uh, sportscitychefs.com with the picks. James has actually been on fire. James won it last week by a game. I thought I had it, but James outdid me last week, and James has been on fire since we've really been uh, taking record. But I'm going to catch him. I'm going to catch the Sports City. If you want to know, his picks went – Falcons, Vikings, Bengals, Niners, Texans, Colts, Dolphins, Raiders, Lions, Rams, Eagles, Bills, and Cowboys. That's James's picks for week six. And it rhymes. I rhyme for y'all. I got y'all, Sports City. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that this is the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Chef, sport city, sport city, chef.
kaboom. Sports city chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune. Bloom like a flower in June. Superman verse MF Doom. The clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in. We on the set again. Sports city, sports city chefs. Uh-huh. <laughs>